Welcome to the Christian Music Industry Podcast, powered by ChristianMusicMarketing.com. We are here to help Christian musicians, songwriters, and artists connect with one another, learn from one another, and to pull back the curtain to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the Christian music industry. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to the Christian Music Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Wisdom Moon, and first of all, I want to say Happy New Year. It is 2022, and we're super excited to launch this year with an amazing interview with a good friend of mine, Cole Flynn. He is the marketing director at Elevation Worship Records, and they're doing some phenomenal things, as you probably know, <laughs> if you're around uh, social media or if you check Spotify, Christian playlists and things like that. Um, there's some incredible things happening at Elevation. And so Cole is here to share his insights into marketing, into what they do at Elevation, and also some just practical things for independent artists and churches that you can implement and see um, just things actually make a greater impact. So I'm super looking forward to sharing the interview with you. But before we jump into that, I want to invite you to a special mentorship opportunity for young Christian artists. And this is something that uh, new that I decided to start this year uh, later this month in January. And um, I've done like a mastermind kind of thing before uh, a couple of years ago. And even before that, I've done like different webinars and communities and mentorships. Uh, but I really had a heart to really invest into the up and coming young Christian artists that need some guidance, need uh, some people around them that have experience and expertise in different facets of the Christian music industry to come around them and speak into them, encourage them and guide them so that um, you don't have to make all the mistakes that everybody else is making. So if you're interested in uh, applying for this mentorship, it's limited to 12 artists. It's an eight week program and we're going to be meeting once a week over video and you're going to have access to me throughout the eight weeks to ask me questions and to you know brainstorm ideas and things like that. And then also at the end of the eight weeks, you'll get a private consult with me as well that you can take advantage of. And so if you're interested in finding out more and um, you can go head over to this URL and also apply, it's christianmusicmarketing.com slash Y-A-M. So christianmusicmarketing.com slash yam. <laughs> so I hope that doesn't make you too hungry. So <laughs> that's a bad dad joke. Um, so I'm going to jump into the interview. Uh, I would love to hear from you if you enjoyed this interview or you enjoy this podcast so that we can continue to bring more great content um, to you. And I want to also let you know our next episode in two weeks will be with a veteran in Christian music publishing and country uh, publishing, actually. Her name is Stacy Wilbur, and she'll be joining me to talk about publishing and how that works and just uh, equipping you if you're a songwriter in, in the Christian music scene. So thank you for listening and being a part of this community. And let's get into the interview. All right, now we are recording. 
<laughs> and I'm really excited to have my good friend Cole Flynn with us. Welcome, Cole. Hello, good to be here. Thanks, Wilton. Uh, Cole is known for many things, and one of those many things is he is like a ping pong champ. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I'm curious. Former ping pong champ. <laughs> yeah, before we talk about like you know industry stuff and your music background, um, have you been playing ping pong since we last played, or since we last worked together? <laughs> The, this might sound this might be depressing, but I have not been playing ping pong much. We have some tables here at the office, but I have not played much. So oh, man. I would say I am no longer good enough <laughs> to be a ping pong champion. Maybe I can beat you then next time we play. <laughs> I'm sh I'm sure you could. We will do it next time. <laughs> So yeah, Cole, uh, he's got some, he's got many skills and talents. And uh, one of the things that I really appreciate about Cole is his uh, approach to marketing and, and just how hard he works to find strategies and, you know, just like come up with strategies that work really well for that particular artist and thinking outside the box and challenging the norm. So I'm really excited to have Cole here to talk about uh, the music industry, his background, and marketing. Um, so we actually worked together at Integrity Music a few years ago now, and we kind of like started around the same time. And after I left Integrity Music, Cole uh, left soon after because he just couldn't work there without me. <laughs> uh, so cool. we were both. Uh, marketing directors at Integrity Music. We split the roster and handled um, basically half of the roster each um, and handled, oversaw all of the marketing for the artists that we worked with. And we had some really great food during that time. <laughs> when we would go out to lunch, yeah, we, we would always, always be talking about, um, you know, marketing ideas and different things that we learned and actually cole was the first one i think that told me about bitcoin and cryptocurrency <laughs> and he was like you need to invest in this <laughs> i think we were like eating wings for like um one day for lunch and then he was like unpacking this whole cryptocurrency thing and i'm glad i listened <laughs> to him <laughs> good uh, so yeah, now he is the marketing director at Elevation Worship Records, and I'm sure everybody listening uh, is familiar with Elevation. Uh, it's really become a global name, and Elevation Worship has songs, you know, being sung all around the world. And over the past year alone, uh, they've tracked over 1.3 billion streams with the B, <laughs> which is mind-boggling um they've had two number one radio singles won two billboard awards topped the billboard christian albums chart been nominated for three grammys and won four dove awards so i guess you guys have been kind of busy <laughs> well, the past year has been uh, quite crazy yeah <laughs> so uh i'm curious to know like being at elevation What's your role at Elevation and 
uh, what has been your experience, you know, so far being the marketing director? Yeah, so um, my role at Elevation is marketing director. So I head up all marketing for the record label. Um, as you can guess, Elevation Worship Records and Elevation Church, it's all the same big entity, but there is some, you know, there's some dividers. We don't all work on the same thing. You know, there's whole teams doing church things, and then there's a whole team doing worship, Elevation Worship Records label things. So I head up all marketing for the label. Um, so that includes social media, um, radio, influencers, email, ads, overall marketing strategy, um, really anything that can possibly fall into the marketing bucket, into the marketing bucket, um, I'm heading up here. Um, I forget the second part of your question. <laughs> what what's been you, say about you know what what has it been like to work elevation as the marketing director because i'm sure it's really oh, different because yeah. you've been at um a couple of labels in nashville mm -hmm. uh they aren't churches you know and then now working at a label yeah. that's you know under the umbrella of a church i'm sure it's really different and also going from like multiple artists on the roster to really like one main you know brand it's probably different. Yeah, it's it's very different. So as you know, at, like Integrity and where I worked at Provident before Integrity, like there's 20 to 30 artists on the roster. So mm -hmm. um, coming to Elevation where we had main one main artist, Elevation Worship, and then a budding artist called Elevation Rhythm. Um, it was kind of, a, I, this is kind of how I, I explain it. When you have 20 to 30 artists, and you're a marketing director for 10 to 15 of them, you do your, you have releases all the time. You do as mm. much as you can. Um, but you can only do so much. You can only, it's like going mm. a mile wide, but an inch deep, you know, mm. but at elevation, because we, we work on one to two, um, we're going, you know, a mile deep and an inch wide. Mm. So it's like, very focused lane, but we can go so deep and engage people on a deeper level and think about strategy yeah. on a different level and really begin to dream um, and try to make a difference in the way we create and the way we dream and the way we strategize, uh, which yeah. you, you don't get the opportunity every day when you're working on 15 artists <laughs> you yeah. know, at any given time. So yeah. in that way, it's been a huge blessing. I've really loved it. Um, just had a lot of freedom to run. And the leadership here, um, all of the leaders here, for anywhere from like Pastor Steven to the few people under Pastor and then down to my team, like they push us so, they mm. push us hard, but in such a good way to not settle. And to not mm. just do things the same way each time we have a record release. So we're always pushed to um, to keep things flowing, keep things moving, and be different and stick out. And when people are, you know, zigging, we zag. Um, mm. And and I think that's been like probably one of the biggest areas of growth for me since since leaving the traditional label style yeah. business and coming to Elevation Worship. That's awesome, man. So. 
you've been doing marketing for a while in Christian music. Um, I think it'd be great for you to share like your journey into that one, like the journey into the Christian music industry as a whole, and then why marketing? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I went to school at a place called Full Sail University down in Orlando. Um, and while I was there, I went, actually got a degree in recording, like to be a recording engineer mm. as an associate degree, and then decided I would get my bachelor's in music business. But I really wanted to be a recording engineer. So between mm. my two degree programs, I came up to Nashville for uh, a couple weeks just to like shadow a producer or engineer that my brother knew. Um, so I did that for a couple of weeks and it was so much fun. And it was great. And then I went back to Florida and did the bachelor's program in music business. And throughout that program, I kind of fell in love with the business side of it. And like, cause we, you know, we learned about management, we learned about A&R and marketing and radio and all the, and publishing, mm. all the different things that have to do with the business. And I just loved how multifaceted the business was and is. So, um, I'm, I'm trying not to make this a crazy long story, but ended up moving up to Nashville after school. Um, tried to get an internship at Provident Label Group, mm. which is Sony's Christian label. Um, and I got denied the, the internship. So I was like pretty bummed uh, working at two <laughs> different coffee shops, one in the morning and one in the evening. Oh, wow. Um, just kind of grinding there. Yeah. And then uh, got a job, got, got an internship the second time I applied in the radio department at Provident. Mm. And so that was like the very beginning of my music career. And this was probably, this was 2000, the end of 2010. Um, and so I was like starting to really like radio and radio seemed really cool. And uh, ended up getting a job while I was an intern. I got a part-time job at BMI, the, the mm. performing rights organization. And I was working part-time there making phone calls on a headset um, <laughs> to, to like bars and clubs and venues <laughs> that weren't paying their licensing fees to BMI. Oh, wow. And uh, I had to be on the phone. So it was a dialer. I'd make like 250 calls a day. Jeez. In a let's say a bar, somebody at a bar would pick up and be like, Hey, and I'd be like, Hey, just wondering if you have any live music tonight, any karaoke or anything. And then they would go down their whole list of entertainment for the night. And I would be writing notes the whole time. <laughs> and then I would send it off and I'd be like, thanks. Have a good one. And then I would send that file off to someone who would call them and be like, Hey, you have music and you're not paying. Oh, wow. fees." <laughs> so that was my job. Um, but I was like in the music business. I was so <laughs> pumped um, making eight bucks an hour doing 250 <laughs> calls a day. Cause I was in the music business, you know, wow. at some level. Um, and so after a while, after doing that, I did that for a little over a year um, in Man. my internship at Provident for part of that time. Um, and then, so on the side, while I was doing the internship and working at BMI, I started, I downloaded a bootleg version of Photoshop and started <laughs> designing posters for local artists around Nashville. So if I saw like a poster on a wall at a, you know, 
at a venue or something that I didn't think looked very good, I would go home and redesign it and send it to that artist and say, oh, hey, wow. here's a poster for your show coming up if you want to use it. And it looked better than theirs that they already had. So a lot of them then would reach back out and ask me if I if I could design more posters for them. Wow. So I ended up designing posters. I was doing like $25 or $30 a poster. Um, just like for some extra money. I bought a camera. I started shooting like YouTube videos uh, for covers on YouTube. Oh, My wow. brother being one of them. But I was just trying to like hone in and learn like the creative side of the music business. And so I had a bunch of those under my belt, a bunch of design stuff after a little while and some video stuff. And then this job opened up at Provident, um, like a full-time job in social media. Mm. And part of the job description was creating content in Photoshop and creating videos for like Instagram and um, Facebook. Facebook was huge at the time, right? Mm. And so uh, it was like right after MySpace was yeah, kind of dying and Facebook was like the new king is when I got my job. And I got the job at Provident based on that portfolio I had put together of um, poster designs and videos I was shooting for YouTube. Wow. And so got kind of thrown into the mix there. They immediately gave me like 10 artists to work on as the social media um, manager for 10 artists. So I was like creating all of the content and doing all the posting. So who are Uh, some of the artists that we would recognize? Yeah. So I was working on uh, third day, Stephen Curtis Chapman, um, red, uh, a band called fire flight, um, Royal Taylor, which was Torn Wells band before he struck out on his own as Torn, Torn Wells. Uh, there was a girl pop group called One Girl Nation. Oh, yeah. There were several. Uh, the Never Claim. I'm trying to think of some of the, some of these artists aren't even like artists anymore. Um, oh, wow. But worked, you know, on a bunch of artists, man. I can't even remember who all they were. But the bigger ones were like Third Day, Stephen Curtis Chapman, and yeah, Red. Uh- um and then helped, like, I had a buddy who worked there named Kyle, and, you know, I did, he had his own roster of artists. We were, like, counterparts, and uh, mm. so we would always kind of, like, help each other with ideas for each each other's rosters and stuff, too. But, um, yeah, that was a good time. That's kind of, like, where I got my, kind of got my legs a little bit as far as, like, mm. learning how to walk and run in the music industry. Um was through that position. And then uh-huh. after three and a half years there, um, someone reached out to me from Integrity Music and they were looking for a, someone to run half of the roster there too. And then that's where you and I met. Wow, man. So yeah. I would say like one theme that I could see, you know, as you're telling, you're, you're sharing your journey is work ethic. Like you had really good, great work ethic. Nobody was like making you do these posters <laughs> or videos, you know. Um, but right. like you were very proactive in like pursuing opportunities and honing your skills and like getting more experience under your belt. So I think that's really inspiring for people to hear because like you worked your butt off to get yeah. to where you're at now, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, so sure. yeah, <laughs> and I think. 
uh, yeah. I mean, that's how it is in Christian music is like the people that really work hard and work hard to like gain more and more experience and develop more relationships, you know, more doors tend to open up, you know, for those people, whether it's an artist or on the business side. So yeah, 100%. I think that's really, yeah, yeah really important uh, takeaway from your, your journey. Uh, so as a marketer, um, so a lot of what you've learned is like, not just like classroom, you know, head knowledge, but like hands-on experience you've, you know, handled, marketing budgets and you've done a lot of social media for clients. What are some things that you feel like right now, as you look at, especially like Christian artists, what are some things you think could be improved? Like what things could Christian artists do better, you know, that you, you know, that you've um, seen in the past, like 12 months, maybe. It's a great question. And, um oh man are you, I, I guess it could be different for indie artists or established artists but um you know there's different nuance i think mm. but i think overall is just being active like mm. it sounds so simple and almost stupid like oh duh why is this you know marketing director saying just be active the reason is is because i think that's the biggest thing that artists struggle with mm. is yeah. being active in creating like a community um i can talk a little bit more about that in a minute as far the community aspect but i i kind of came up with this thing and, and i'd say this a lot to people is activity creates a perception and the perception leads to a conversation mm. but you can't get to that conversation with an audience or with a community or with an influencer um, unless they have a perception of you or a belief mm. in you but they can't get that perception or belief in you unless they see some activity from you so it mm. always starts with activity yeah um, I tell this story and this is a, this is an integrity story. Um, <laughs> when we got our ping, it's a ping pong story. Actually, <laughs> you started this with ping pong. Yeah. When we got the ping pong table was then when we got the ping pong table at integrity. Do you remember we played, it wasn't like a crazy, crazy amount, but we, we had fun with it and we probably played yeah. like 15 to 20 minutes a day. It was like three games mm. worth maybe, you know, like yeah. two eleven. Um, but when we first got that table at Integrity, I was Instagram storing and Snapchatting it every day that we did it, right? Yeah. And in reality, we were playing for 15 to 20 minutes a day. But <laughs> yeah. I was putting it on Instagram and Snapchat every day. Yeah. So I had people starting to DM me. And when I'd see people in, in person, they'd be like, man, all you guys do at Integrity is play ping yeah. pong all day. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It was an activity that created a perception. Now the perception was not true. Mm. We played for 15, 20 minutes a day out of an eight to nine hour day every single yeah. day. And people thought all we did was play ping pong all day. <laughs> so regardless of if the perception is true or not, it led to a conversation, mm. right? Because I was doing that activity consistently. So the activity led to the perception 
and the perception led to an in-person conversation or a DM. That's mm. engagement, right? And yeah. everybody wants engagement. That is what we're chasing as marketing yeah. all the time, right? But you can't get there unless you're doing activity. So I would say in my you know, 10, 11 years of doing this, the biggest thing I've seen artists do wrong or not do enough is activity. Mm. Like you can't just create music and then hope it does well. You have to yeah. start doing things after that. Your job isn't done just because your art is on the canvas. Yeah. You have to start doing stuff now. You have to start communities. You have to start reaching out to people, create value, um, start going on podcasts, start traveling, start trying to get a hundred people at your shows. Don't mm. just expect that it's going to happen because you made something cool. Cause guess what? Everybody's making something cool. Have you yeah. listened <laughs> to Spotify lately? Have you got on the internet lately? Everybody's doing something cool. Have yeah. you been on TikTok? Like everything is awesome. Technology yeah. is amazing. Everybody can create. So newsflash, nobody's waiting for you to make something cool. Nobody. So you have to be the one that wow. jumpstarts your career. You have to be the one that jumpstarts that conversation, that perception by actually doing something, doing something and doing it consistently. Wow. That's a mic drop, <laughs> man. That's really good. All right. I would also say, I mean, that that's a really, really important point. And I would say also like we've both probably seen many artists that have intention, intentionality. Um, and I would say intention doesn't equal activity. So a lot of artists like, intend to do something. They intend. And maybe the behind the scenes, they're working really hard to come up with plans and strategies, but like it actually, Which is great. it's For not sure. translating to actual activity that people see. Right. So I think that's where a lot of um, shortcomings happen too with artists is like they kind of get cold feet with social media or whatever. You know, they get nervous or they want it to yeah, be perfect. I mean, there's, you know. Yeah, there's insecurities that come up, and you have yeah. to get past that. If you're going to create music, but not promote it, what are you doing? Like, why'd you create music in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's mainly for your mom, <laughs> then sure, that's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> but I think most people that are investing, you know, dollars into professionally getting it produced and, you know, hours and hours into writing and producing music, they want a lot of people to hear it, you know, as many people as possible. Um, and that's where like what you're talking about really like you nowadays you can't make music without adding on the other side, like the marketing, the activity that you're talking about. So that's a really good right. point, man. Um, so I think that's also like at every different like stage of the artist, whether it's like at elevation worship level or like a, you know, brand new artist level, there's, yes activity that you can have right yeah that's, that's a philosophy <laughs> across the board i yeah. don't care what level of artist you are that level state that rule is the same that's yeah. something i fight for every day in my job with one of the biggest artists in the christian music industry and i would fight the same the, in the same way if i was working with an artist that was brand brand new yeah it's exactly the same principle yeah. So what would you say in your role at Elevation, 
what are some activities that you guys are focused on, you know, that are like producing good return? <clears throat> yeah, it's a great question. Um, so right now I have a social team. We have a social media manager and three social media content creators. And I think, and I'm saying that because I'm, I'm trying to walk the walk. What mm -hmm. I just said takes, takes energy and time from the artist. And as a new artist, you have to do that yourself because you don't mm -hmm. have a big budget. You don't have a whole team. You may not have a label yet, and that's fine. Do that yourself. And that's what Elevation Worship did for many, many years before yeah. now. But now we have a label, we have a team of people and content creation and activity is so important that um, I've got, you know, three people that are on it all the time. Uh -huh. um, but what we're doing for activity now is we're scheduling shoots. We do social mm. media shoots that are just dedicated for social media. Uh -huh. We are at any time the Elevation Worship Band, like the, the main platform leaders, are together doing anything, whether it's rehearsal or um, at an event at the church, whether it's like a leadership event or whatever it is, my team is there. We're capturing all of it. We're in the green room. We're capturing everything that's going on in the green room. We're mm -hmm. capturing everything that's happening. If they're praying in a huddle before the event, we're capturing that. That could be so good social content. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like capture the prayer because people want to see that you're godly and holy. I'm saying like, that might encourage somebody, mm -hmm. you know, on a day that they need that they need encouragement or encourage someone to pray when they really need to do that. And they haven't, mm -hmm. you know, turned towards God for whatever their issue is for that day or for that week or for that month. Um, my goal as a marketing director for Elevation Worship is to engage audiences through providing value. And that value might be just a lyric image. That might value mm -hmm. might be. Um, a prayer moment backstage that we feel people need to see to be encouraged. That value might be going and looking at some stories from the audience of their life change because of one of the Elevation Worship songs mm -hmm. that they heard and reposting that for everybody to see so they can be yeah. encouraged by that. Um, it might look like we just did a little fun series of uh, Christmas songs in the studio. Um, that we just released around around Christmas time. Um, they were just fun and lighthearted. And that's what yeah. people might need right now during a pandemic and during mm. people getting sick and everything. Maybe they just need to hear um, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. You know, mm. like it's just activity and making sure that your audience is engaged so they have a perception and they believe in what you're doing. So they're interested in engaging with you or DMing mm. or um, for our younger budding artist, uh, Elevation Rhythm, we just, I just kind of like had a big clarity moment the other day about what the purpose of social media for rhythm is supposed to be. Mm. And we really need to just show that we're caring for people. Mm. We can't be too caught up in our music is awesome and cool, which it is, it's great. But why should people care about us if we don't show that we care about them. Yeah. So like immediately we looked for a bot, like an autoresponder bot for Instagram. Nobody who follows the Elevation Rhythm Instagram account 
won't get an immediate DM from Elevation Rhythm mm. that says, thank you for following our account. We can't wait to show you what's coming next. You know, so like showing people that we actually care. And it's not just like, oh, well, that's that's kind of a system. You're not actually sending that DM. But we are. We set it up to send that DM. Mm. We can't send them all out individually by ourselves. But when someone re- responds, we're going to respond. We have this rule with Elevation Rhythm. It's called Inbox Zero. We mm. never leave a uh, message unresponded to. Mm. But that's the activity that people need. So just us doing inbox zero lets people know that we care about them. And that's a perception that's real. It's not a perception that's fake. Again, that perception leads to that conversation that's next. And maybe that conversation is, hey, we're coming to your city on tour. We want to see you there in person. Mm. And they're going to come because we had a, you know, a two back and forth DM conversation. Mm. And then yeah. on like the worship leader side of things, we've started like the Elevation Worship Resources channel on mm-hmm. YouTube. And we're doing, now we're doing in like uh, Zoom chats that are like invite only for worship mm-hmm. leaders to come and learn from our musicians that are on stage, the guitar players, the drummers, the MDs, the piano players. Like Elevation is in a place where we have a lot of knowledge because over the last, 12, 13 years, Elevation's done a great job and become successful, but not without a lot of hardships along the way. Mm -hmm. So like at this point in the life of Elevation Worship, we can turn around and give out that information to other churches. Yeah. So we're going to do that. That's one of our huge initiatives for 2022. We're going to start engaging on a personal, personal level on Zoom chats with people who can in person um interact with our musicians and learn things and how to be better and how to improve your skills so sorry another i just kind of ranted for a little bit but that's that's a little bit of the activity side of things that we're trying to do yeah that's really good stuff and i think uh even from my experience because you know we have um a christian music marketing agency and uh, we do some influencer marketing and it's yeah. interesting to see some like bigger artists or, you know, influencers that are really engaged. And when you DM them, they DM you back and you could tell like it's an actual person like DMing you back an answer to yeah. a question versus some artists or influencers that are like that don't even have that many followers that don't even respond to you. you know, And you can see that right, they read your true. message. Um, because they don't value that as much. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know, if you value that, it, you're going to put more resources and time into it and make sure that people feel cared for and, you know, seen and heard. For sure. So, yeah, for sure. I think that's really it's great. No, it's no um, wonder. It's no wonder why they've done so well if they're yeah. engaging with everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to kind of shift into a kind of a geeky topic, I guess. <laughs> Okay. So we could nerd out a little bit. Uh, so Great. I think this is kind of a newer thing that some people have heard about. Some people haven't. Some people are diving in really deep. Um, and some people are just hearing about it for the first time on our podcast. <laughs> but NFTs and the metaverse and this whole world of web, what's called Web 3.0 now. 
so mm -hmm. talk to us about what NFTs are and why Christian artists, especially independent artists, should care about NFTs. So NFTs, um, non-fungible tokens, are <laughs> digital assets that um, you can buy that have utility behind them and, and community behind them. Um, so to break that down a little bit, like a piece of art from an artist can be sold as an NFT and then someone like me can buy it for however much money the price is and then I own that piece of art as a digital asset. Um, there's, there's an endless amount of different kinds of NFTs out there from music NFTs to art NFTs to whole collections of apes, uh, <laughs> aliens, um, all kinds of little like animated cartoony looking assets that you can buy. Um, I've been doing research on it for probably about three and a half, four months, kind of deep diving. And just in the last few days, finally bought my first couple of NFTs. Oh, nice. Um, and it's been it's been awesome. But the biggest thing I've realized is when you're looking to buy an NFT or getting into that space, you need to look for the community around that NFT. Mm. I'm learning so much about marketing inside and outside of the NFT community, even for the music business, wow. just by immersing myself in the discords that are surrounding NFT projects. Um, but immersing myself in the community mm. and finding that web 3.0 is centered around community. Mm. Like wow. everything about it is ownership and community. It's owning assets, owning IP mm. and the community of other owners around the globe. Um, it's really, really fascinating to me. Uh, how it's all taking off right now and how many people don't know about it and how many yeah. people don't understand it and think, think it's kind of dumb. Yeah. So but it's, 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 it's pretty exciting and it's, you know, it's hard to explain, um, but it's all running on like cryptocurrency, like Ethereum and Solana blockchain, yeah. um, which is hard to understand if you're not into any of this at all. Yeah. This is going to sound like a complete foreign language. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are like, what the heck are you guys talking about? Right. Uh, so why should artists care about NFTs? And like, what's the application on the music side? So um, I think the application on the music side is building right now. There's a lot of different areas. Like, for instance, like an artist could... Uh, fund their whole project through selling shares essentially of their mm. album as NFTs. Um, for an example, let's say you have an album coming out um, or you want to record an album and you have a fan base of some sort that would be interested in supporting you. Um, you could, for instance, break, a, break your album into 10,000 shares or mm. a thousand, let's say a thousand to make it simple, a thousand shares that you sell as NFTs. Um, each one of those NFTs is worth, you know, let's say 50 bucks. 
Um, so your your fan base, your audience buys buys up all these 1,000 NFTs for 50 bucks. Cool thing is you just funded your project. You just got $50,000 and you have people who are interested in your project. The hard thing is uh, you have to provide value to these 1,000 people now. Mm. And I think that's what I'm learning most about the NFT space, whether it's a music project or any kind of art project. Once you have investors, you have to provide value. You have to like, is it a community? A lot of these NFT um, projects have a Discord set up. Mm. Um, it's like a chat, a chat room of sorts for all the people who invested in the project. And they mm. get to get together and network together. And that's a huge value be behind NFTs is networking with the other people who have invested in the same project. Wow. Um, you could, you know, Maybe the NFT for your project is you get to be in the community of a thousand, you know, a thousand other holders of the project. Maybe it's if you buy the NFT for this project, this is also your ticket to any show I do for the rest of my career. And you, 1,000 people get to be VIPs at any show I ever do, which is very mm. cool, or get in for free. Or because you bought this NFT, I'm releasing a secret project in three months after my main project comes out and you guys are the only one that will get it. You know, mm -hmm. providing extra value to people who believe in you enough to invest in your project. NFT is basically just the gateway to get into, to get ownership into something. Uh. Um, I think there's a future where, and I don't know if the technology is built yet, I would love to be the one that builds it. I just don't know how to develop things. <laughs> but I think there's a future where there will be NFT-based labels mm -hmm. where you will sell or the label will sell, you know, 10,000 shares to an artist's new record. But if you buy one of those shares to, you know, your favorite artist's new record, Coldplay's new record, you actually have a 10,000th of royalties forever as wow. long as you own that NFT. So anytime that's streamed, you get paid because you are an actual owner in that project. Mm. Um, I think that is like ultimately where NFTs will go for music, uh, where anybody who buys an NFT from an artist will have royalty share based on their percentage ownership of how many wow. NFTs they own in that project. Um, which I think is super exciting because that means even independent artists, independent artists don't need labels. Mm. You can fund your whole project, you know, with 10,000 10, shares at a hundred dollars a piece. You, you have a hundred thousand dollars to fund your project. Um, and you have a ton, you have 10,000 people on your street team automatically too, because mm. they invested in your project. Nobody yeah. more than them wants your project to succeed because they will get royalty payments off of it. You yeah. know, it's great for everybody. What I've learned, another thing I've learned from being immersed in the US, uh, NFT community is that everybody wins. Mm. The creator wins because they get a lump sum of money for selling their project and they get royalties on any, any future sale from that. But also the people who invested in the project also win 
because they're in a new community of people who are like-minded. They can network with other entrepreneurs, other artists, but also there's other value adds like royalties and um, gaining value. You can resell that NFT for more money if that artist ends up blowing up. Yeah. You know, imagine you bought like the Coldplay NFT before they were huge. Yeah. And then they blew up and you had that. You could resell that on the marketplace for 10 times the amount. Yeah. You know? So I Man. think it's just kind of like, it's a new thing that's a win, win, win. It's kind of for everybody who's involved, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. And I'm not I, trying I to like... kill the record label, but I think it could be a way. Yeah. Either record labels are going to have to shift or independent artists will begin winning because yeah. they can fund their, with their audience themselves. It's really revolutionary if you <laughs> think about those uh, different, you know, ways that it could be applied. And yeah. um, <laughs> as if the Christian music industry and the music industry in general isn't complicated enough and royalties aren't complicated <laughs> yeah. enough and publishing, you know, uh, all that is so complicated. Uh, we're going to add this whole digital thing into <laughs> the mix. <laughs> And yeah. digital ownership. I think it's cool. Yeah. It'll be there will be some growing pains, but digital ownership um will be very, I think, exciting for not only artists, but fans too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh we could be talking about this um for like three, four more episodes <laughs> and oh, even sure. like talk about the metaverse for three or four episodes. Uh but oh hopefully God. That gives you uh, the listeners some, you know, some ideas, maybe some reasons to research what what the heck this stuff is that we're talking about. <laughs> because yeah, please look into it. it yeah, uh, you'll you do you'll do well to know what people are talking about in the NFT space. Yeah, and I think there's an advantage in getting in front of it and like being in the forefront of what's happening mm -hmm. versus waiting for, sure. for all these other artists to get into it and then you try to like catch up you know so uh i would definitely encourage um those of you listening to like explore this um uh, i would tell you as like a teaser as christian music marketing um our agency we're looking at ways that we could add value to artists by helping guide you in the process of like how, how do i set up nfts and you know like how do i build this out so we're actually working that as like a like high priority thing that we're exploring in 2022 so that we can help independent Wisdom. artists. That's, that's very cool. Any independent <laughs> artist who's listening to this right now, hit up Wisdom Moon because that is something that will do you very well in your career is if you can figure this out with Wisdom at this early in the, in the stage of yeah. NFTs. Yeah. So, um, Cole, I want to respect your time and maybe we can have you back um, in the future sometime that. this year. Um, but yeah, we, we, time has flown by and we've talked about a lot of things. We didn't even get into the metaverse yet. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I would love for you to um, maybe talk about anything coming up that you want us to know about, whether it's like Elevation Rhythm or Elevation Worship. Yeah, sure. Um, we've got projects coming out in the early in the new year for both elevation worship and elevation rhythm that we're very excited about um 
elevation rhythm is exciting to me. It's a newer thing that um, we're just having a lot of fun with and we're able to dream a whole lot because it's new and we're just trying to do some new things. So maybe just keep your eye on that um, and the, and the interesting stuff that we're going to try with it. So awesome. wisdom. I really appreciate you having me on the podcast, man. This has been, this has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for your time. And yeah, we definitely need to have you back. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Christian Music Industry Podcast, powered by Christian Music Marketing. To find out how we can partner with you to increase your impact and influence with integrity, please visit our website, christianmusicmarketing.com, or check us out on Instagram at christianmusicmarketing. See you next time.